0: Hi, everyone. Don't worry, we have not gone pop. Sorry for the delay. Here's a really interesting question for you. How many accountants do you think it takes to release one podcast episode? In this case, my beloved co-hosts were left with the task of making sure that the edits went across to the editing team while I was away on vacation didn't really happen in the same way so we now have a good backlog of podcasts that we need to get out as soon as possible here's one from a couple of weeks ago it's app news where we cover a range of different topics that happened in the industry over the course of the summer if like me you have been away hopefully you'll still find this useful and you can use it as something to catch up on we are going to record another app news very soon because there have been some industry updates since then, like Fathom being acquired by Access Group. So we will be covering that in the next week. We hope you enjoy this all the same and catch you on the next one. Thanks. i
1: had to read through the app news, so I am semi-prepared this morning. I'm still absolutely goosed. Like I ended look... up... <laughs> <laughs>
2: Is this a northern one?
1: Goosed. <laughs> Goose, you not heard that? Goose. No.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I can't hear anything correctly.
1: <laughs> Did you message Indy? Oh, or...
2: no. I just to that caller. Should right, I call her
1: now? Yeah. Are you gonna do it? Okay, cool. I tell you what, one of the things that was keeping me up last night was I, Phil Hobden recommended that that people should watch Prey on Disney Plus. So I watched that yeah. last night when I went to bed. And I'm now totally knackered because I went to bed at a quarter to midnight, and oh, was I was four, an hour and 20 minutes. <laughs> I
2: thought you were going to say it was terrifying and I couldn't sleep.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it is. Well, it's like a predator thing. It's good. It's really good. Hello and welcome to another DigiTools in a Cruel World podcast episode. We have got a whole host of updates and bits of news for you in this episode. But before we carry on, let's do our usual round robin. So Ryan, how's
2: it going? What's up, mate? Alban, oh, oh, ban, I'm uh, excited to get back to our normal session of diving deep into app news rather than lots of different bits of clutter that we've been doing recently, putting things together. It's been a while since deep dive into app news. We've got lots to talk about. Yeah, it's been a good few weeks, hasn't it? So this is going to be a good one. There's plenty, plenty going on still, which is good for us isn't
1: it It keeps us in business i would introduce cindy who's currently in mexico but has failed to turn up so far but we'll we'll maybe hear from her shortly who knows but in the meantime i'll just talk about myself it's been a crazy couple of weeks finally got over covid which is good it's been a busy few weeks with some crazy stuff going on with work and problems with colleagues etc it's been a mentally draining few weeks and an interesting challenge to overcome but luckily team beavers are pretty strong and i'm surrounded by good mates like yourself as well brian so but it's good to know you've got support
2: where you need it and uh, what's better to distract you from the day-to-day by a podcast recording all about app news so, and that's a sunny spectacular summer day as well so let's go for it i've got something app news not sure but it's definitely something that's digital there was a summary done by derma hamlin on the most influential accountants on linkedin now lots of dispute on actually are these most influential because it's just LinkedIn followers and connections rather than everything else they're doing but you have to use something as a stat and uh, Dermot's used LinkedIn so Jerry Williams uh, the infamous Jerry Williams everywhere on social media has 65,000 plus followers now followers in a LinkedIn sense are followers and connections and so if you've got a connection they are also a follower if you've got certain setup on your LinkedIn account you can have it where they're just following and you are not connected and she's got 65,000 there's a lot of people following you. I think I'm about 1,500. So I'm <laughs> nowhere, near, nowhere near that level. But then just below Jerry, we've got Francesca Tricorico at just over 55,000. And then Laura Taylor at just over 41,000. So the top three are women. Where, where are these men? Next, admittedly, is Carl Reader. Everyone should know Carl Reeder. He's a keynote speaker and author, huge in this space. And he's got 33,000 followers. But I'd say out the top five, you've got the majority women here and maybe that's because they're just more interesting john well definitely more interesting and let's give it up for the women
1: eh? props to them they're out there they're putting regular updates and posts on there clearly engaging because they've got people following them and it's good to see it's something to aspire to ryan isn't it Um, it is that's what it's all about of course this little league wouldn't sit on its own without our favorite league of famous bald accountants so it's good to see that carl's still well in the lead out there and i'm not even sure if alistair barlow got a mention did he on the list
2: I am scrolling through quickly to see if he's on there. If oh, not, keep do,
1: scrolling. He'll be near the bottom.
2: <laughs> I'm wondering if I can. Uh... Oh, he's beaten me. Yeah, no, he has. He's, uh, he's, he's quite ahead of me with 4,700. So I, I can't claim to be ahead of Anissa. But you do have up near the top. Is that another ball joke being ahead? <laughs> <laughs> nice one. You do have up near the top Phil Hopton as well at 18,000, a fellow podcaster. And Rob Brown, a fellow podcaster up near the top as well, around 18,000.
1: All about building the audience.
2: Cool. Well, let's move on at Actually, the subject that's app related. There was a link shared by Gary Turner, which was the most popular SaaS product by country. And this was by Cladera. And the reason that Gary shared this is because uh, the one that was the most popular for the UK was Zero. Unsurprisingly, if Gary's sharing this, it's going to be a Zero related push. But other products that are preferred by other countries, so Slack is the preferred product for Belgium and Ireland. Cadendly for the United States, and you've got PipeDrive for the Czech Republic, for some of these that are the names that we'd know, Zendesk for Lithuania and Zoom for Portugal. You've got something called Atlassian, which i would not heard of, a developer tool. And that's one of the most favorite out there. You've got Spain, Estonia, Finland, Norway, Sweden and France. And that's the favorite tool for, but bring it to the forefront because you get a cloud accounting product in, at least with the UK. No one else seems to care about cloud accounting products, but the UK does. I love that. To be honest,
1: Atlassian is a massive piece of software for people in the dev world uh, and also for like project managing as well. It's, it's very, very big in that kind of space. Aussie business, if I remember rightly. That's where its roots are anyway, but it's, uh, it's now headquartered in San Francisco of all places. Fairly standard place to be a world-beating tech business, isn't it? Anyway, moving on to something maybe a little bit more mundane is that Companies House have made Uh, A recent announcement around some of their changes and where they are on their digital transformation journey. Probably the thing that most of us accountants will have have noticed or have seen in the press that's of, of most interest is this new register of overseas entities. This is something that sits alongside of the PSC register for those people who are familiar with that, which should be most accountants. And this new register of overseas entities will show, well, basically overseas entities that have got an interest in property and other businesses within the UK. That went live at the beginning of August. And so we've now got to comply with that. It's mainly going to affect the legal world more than it's going to affect the accountancy space, but that's part and parcel of it. And then some other additional things that are coming in is that They're going to start implementing some new ID verification processes to make it a little bit more difficult for people to start companies for illegal purposes. You will be required as a new director stroke shareholder to be able to verify your identity with Companies House beforehand. It's been fairly well known that it's been a fairly seamless process to set up new companies in the UK. You just pay your £13 and pretty much as long as you've got an address in the UK that you can utilise. There aren't really that many checks happening in the background, so there's now some new ID checks going to be happening for, for new people. How that's going to affect accountants, because obviously we're, we're going to be part of the formation re- agent requirements and stuff. It's going to be it's going to be interesting. We'll see how that gets rolled out into various bits of CoSec software and, and things like that. And after that, we have also got an update, more government updates. The Help to Grow scheme has been expanded. One of the restrictions that was placed on the Help to Grow scheme was that if you you had to have a minimum of five employees, that's now been reduced to having one employee, not a director. those so You must actually be an employee. And they have also added some e commerce businesses. Now, these are interesting developments for the Help to Grow scheme in terms of obviously it makes it a little bit easier for those very much micro businesses to get on board. And it's really interesting to see that they've added e-commerce uh, software and apps to the space in terms of tools that we can be utilized. Having said that though the problems that we discussed months and months ago on, on a previous podcast episode around this whole setup is that the software that's available on through the scheme is, is a very much a limited range compared to the wider market and to be perfectly honest as an accountant working and advising in this space I wouldn't be putting any of my clients through the Help to Grow scheme at the moment because there's just not sufficient choice to make an informed decision and to implement the right tools for the right jobs. And I'm told... The the Institute of Chartered Accountants have been been lobbying quite hard to get some of the restrictions removed. And the government have self-imposed some of these restrictions in terms of getting some of the vendors on board, which frankly is disappointing because we need those restrictions to be removed. We need people like ourselves to be able to have a relatively free reign to make a recommendation to our clients about it. And frankly, as far as I'm concerned, I'd be disappointed to see accountants signposting their clients towards this because it means your clients are effectively getting a grant and you're going to be delivering poor advice as a consequence of it.
2: Yeah, it's not a level playing field, basically, because you've got some main leading accounting providers, app providers out there that are just not on that list. Realistically, I'd say there's two on there that I'd be recommending to clients depending on their situation, and that's QuickBooks Online and Capsule. The rest I don't interact with, I don't work with, and we don't have any engagement with from our advisory side, and we're working with like 50, 60 apps. So it's it's frustrating. It's probably the, the biggest thing on it. Anyway, slightly more positive. HMRC have updated, well, part of their digital journey. They are updating the agent access. So multiple users going in via the agent access. This has been horrifically painful since the agent services account was, was released multiple years ago now. It's still not there, but they are working on it. And they're hoping to make it a lot easier to verify via the um, two-factor authentication. And please, HMRC, make it easy to add and remove someone from multiple different clients at the same time. If you don't do that, it makes the whole thing pointless for anyone that's got more than five employees. It's just horrific to do. I'm begging you, because I know you listen to our podcast. Please make this change. The other bit they're bringing in, not quite in yet, but they've said it's just around the corner testing, it. Is the ability to add direct debit mandates for people in their business tax account. So rather than having to do a, a form going for a whole rigmarole, we can just sign the mandate on there and have your direct debits taken for your taxes.
1: Sounds interesting. We will wait with bated breath on those HMRC changes and implementations because I'm with you, Ryan. It's, it's uh, A lot of the online services stuff is, is always problematic to deal with and for us potentially hundreds of users it's a real challenge to get across particularly when you're a business that's grown through acquisitions so you don't just have one agent account you've got about a hundred it's amazing right moving on then and soldo recently announced an open banking partnership and what that brings to soldo is the ability to top up your soldo account directly from your own account using the yappily integration this has now become sort of fairly standard process for people that are familiar with open banking in terms of you have a link takes you direct to your bank and you can top up either with a fixed amount or a variable amount and that money gets transferred on the faster payment service that's there in generally in seconds if not if not minutes a nice neat little integration makes that that process of topping up your soldo cards a little more seamless
2: yeah next bit i've got is sage and microsoft have expanded their partnership this partnership is From what I can tell, mostly about collaboration and how they're working, but they are aiming to embed more Microsoft products deep into the the Sage ecosystem, allowing them to operate more effectively from within that wider cloud-based network that Sage have been building. There's not a lot of detail on this release. This is why I'm thinking this is more strategic rather than software-related. It'll be interesting to see what comes out of it from a functional point of view, but mostly it's going to be about how they cross-sell to each other.
1: Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? There's huge opportunity for anyone that's maybe familiar with Microsoft Power Automate to potentially use that to do more stuff within Sage. Get rid of that old F5 button that you used to press to repeat your lines and when you're entering documents and stuff. But it'd be interesting to see which products this feeds into as well, because clearly within the Sage ecosystem now, you've got a whole plethora of products, haven't you? From, from X3 Intact down to Sage Business Cloud accounting and then obviously the old versions of 50c and 200c etc and that just the accounting side before you bring in anything else so
2: it'll be interesting to see how and how and where this deeper partnership works realistically it's probably going to be intact I'm saying that based on the releases that have been coming out from intact They're, they're mostly anything I've seen Microsoft related seem to be focused on that product it'd be great if it's Sage Business Cloud as well covering most areas and as you say If it allows Power Automate across that, and for those that are not using Power Automate, definitely explore this. It's an incredibly powerful tool from the Microsoft Space that allows you to do and streamline your workflows. If they allow this, really adds value to the Sage product. Yeah,
1: absolutely. And then in more open banking news, GoCardless and Plaid have launched VRPs, so variable recurring payments for the GoCardless instant pay feature that they have. This, for anyone who's not familiar with VRPs, these are essentially the next stage of direct debit. This is a newer, easier way to start taking recurring payments and also to be able to do things like account sweeping. That's the other thing that VRP will enable. They managed to announce this a few weeks ago, which is before the deadline of of VRPs being enabled across, uh, across accounts. We're going to see a whole heap of announcements about this over the coming months because because VIPs are definitely uh, going to be a key part of the open banking infrastructure and payments infrastructure that we're going to become familiar with.
2: There you go. Carlos are doing a lot of the moment, aren't they? Uh, they're they're cool. everywhere. <laughs> OK, so I've got another Microsoft partnership. This one is from Flowcast. Now, Flowcast, for those of you that have not heard of it, is an accounting workflow automation tool from the US. They got some funding last year and from that have expanded into multiple jurisdictions. One of those being the UK with a London office. Now, the collaboration with uh, Microsoft seems to be mostly around the ability to sell from Microsoft into Flowcast. Flowcast have gone through, similar to what you need to do to get listed on the Xero app store or the QuickBooks marketplace. You have to go through a number of um, processes, tick a load of boxes to get listed. They've done that. So they're now on the Microsoft App Store. I'm not entirely sure it's called for Microsoft, but it now shows a lot of functionality that Flowcast can bring to Microsoft products. They've built integrations into Microsoft with this, and I expect to see a lot more from Flowcast over the coming months and years because it gets talked about a lot over in the US. They do a lot with the accounting space. We don't really see it or haven't really seen it at all over in the UK, but with the investment they've had, the fact that they want to do something over here, I'm sure we're going to start seeing that events very soon.
1: Sounds good. And the Microsoft Store is called the Microsoft Store. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, do it sound very obvious I don't think Flowcast is actually listed on the UK side of it but I'm sure it'll come soon but interesting shall I touch on a quick update from QuickBooks Online Advanced they have gone through a soft launch with a price point of about £70 per month and that would give you unlimited users through accountants we've talked quite a lot or rather Ryan's probably talked quite a lot about QuickBooks Online Advanced QBO Advanced it's been present in the US market for a long long time and we've no or we've had an inkling that it's going to be coming to the UK at some point and it's finally arrived. So they haven't pushed it in a big way at the moment. Like I say, this soft launch is just sort of testing the water through a few of their key partners here in the UK and obviously they are going to be approaching new businesses. It's going to be interesting to see how they pitch this and whether they carry on with the sort of more direct to market strategy and then that's going to pitch them up against Probably some of the larger cloud accounting products that we've got in the market. When we've briefly discussed this in the past, we're talking about something that's likely to compete with the likes of maybe I, Plisa, X Xledger, Accounts IQ, et cetera, to name a few. So the, the kind of space that we feel sits just above the, the traditional sort of zero and standard QBO market at the moment.
2: Yeah, we did dive into this with Yohan Gori. So if you've not listened to that podcast, please check out the last one, which goes into more detail. I also listened to the QuickBooks Lab or QuickBooks Labs podcast, which delved into the products in a bit more detail. And we've talked a lot on this podcast about what's been coming out in the US in QuickBooks Online Advanced. I don't believe any of that, apart from the data DataDeer integration, is out in the UK from live date. I guess the frustration from my side is that The delay in announcing this, even on a soft launch where they're switching off QuickBooks desktop, you've got so many clients that are having to transition away from QuickBooks online because it just didn't satisfy what they need. And QuickBooks online advanced would have. So the delay is frustrating, but longer term, this is an incredibly powerful play because lots of businesses would join onto zero, knowing that at some point, if they want to achieve growth, they're going to have to move away from the product. If you go down QuickBooks, you don't. You just need to upgrade. And it's the same operating system. You literally just turn on the advanced functionality. This is a powerful play. I think it may force Zero's hand in doing something in that spacious above because Sage already have options there already.
1: Yeah, it's an interesting one, isn't it? We've had some brief discussions with a couple of people on the early adopters hub, ironically, in the last week or so, haven't we, about how we manage large volume clients in Zero. And there are ways and means of doing that with the strength of their ecosystem. So I think you know, I agree with you, Ryan. It's going to be interesting to see how Xero choose to react to this and whether they just place more reliance on their ecosystem and the app partners that are out there in terms of taking some of that load off the Xero product itself, or whether they do feel a need to enhance the, the pre-existing product and maybe the acquisition of Locate software that we heard about last year, but have yet to see. Maybe that's the first step in trying to bridge that gap. But my personal opinion on that was that really brings them up to speed with the likes of sage 50c here in the uk market in terms of having a proper well i say proper a more comprehensive stock management module than you would normally have in zero experience
2: well even sage are not pushing sage 50c because they want to go native cloud and sage 50c's hybrid clouds at zero, ZeroCon pushed downwards didn't they they went into the smaller market Hmm. And QuickBooks at exactly the same time pushed upwards for QuickBooks Online and I know they've already got QuickBooks SE for the small businesses. So interesting take on it. We'll see how things yeah.
1: evolve. Maybe that works. Maybe that works better. Do you not think the larger market tends to be more a direct to market than through partners? Maybe, that, maybe that's a good tactical play.
2: Definitely, definitely. All right. We've touched on QuickBooks Online. There's been a lot of zero updates. Some of these we mentioned before, so I won't dive into too much detail, but we've had zero go and zero instant pay. Please check out the last podcast for details on what that is. Document packs have now been released across zero HQ and zero tax, so they'll work across both platforms. They've improved the job manager in zero practice manager and they've unified client records across zero practice manager, HQ, and tax. Now, this all seems to drive a push for zero practice manager in the uk which has not done well to date it's huge over in australia or australasia but it does not really have any foothold in the uk and i'm wondering if this is an initial push i don't know try and link the different systems together to actually get it to work effectively
1: hey ryan one of the most frustrating things i find around payroll is the payments and making that seamless what do you think about it
2: it's something that we feel should be a lot more slick than it currently is. And I think that prevents a lot of payroll bureaus from providing a service that a lot of clients demand. But one of our key sponsors, comma has just released something that I think might be interesting to a lot of county firms and payroll bureaus out there. It's a new functionality called Pay With Comma. And if you are a KeyPay user, um, they've firstly partnered with KeyPay to do the initial release. Inside KeyPay, there is a Pay With comma button. And in essence, when you push that, it drags all net pay information on the employees for their pay run, the HMRC liability, all bank account details into the Pay With Comma platform, enabling a single click for authorisation through the open banking payment rails to make it a slick process and secure process for paying your employees and the HMRC liability. If you want to learn more, please contact Comma at www.usecomma.com. Other updates, as you've probably seen if you've been on social media, old reports are dead or will be by June 23 for zero. They By the end of June 23, they would have got rid of all old reports. I've given you a year's notice to transition onto the new reports. And my take on this is that there was a lot of bluster on the LinkedIn community. You don't hear that word every day, you bluster, bluster on the LinkedIn community about the, the fact they're removing the old reports. And I don't really get it. New reports, in my opinion, are better Admittedly, they're missing some functionality the old reports have, but they've got a year, a year to get feedback and bring in changes that will replace those. And at the same time, they've already released quotes and purchase order reporting since it was announced. It was a lot of hot air. What's your thought, John?
1: It was a lot of hot air. I think on the reports thing in particular, I have many accountants who are still using those, myself included to a degree. And there are things around the new reports which can be a little bit frustrating. But the particular one for me is the one that if you do edit report and you've got it saved at like a previous year-end date, for example, it will just default back to that previous year-end date rather than defaulting to the current year-end date, which drives me absolutely bonkers in terms of that's just a massive flaw in the the system.
2: Well, they have brought out some functionality to help with that. Admittedly, it's not across all reports yet, um, but you can select... Know what it's called, but that current date, i.e., the one you see yeah. at the top.
1: Yeah, so. I think the key thing about that retiring of the old reports is it's a key part of this. Is those reports are now what over 10 years old, aren't they? And 10 years in the tech world, in terms of like the, the programming, the infrastructure, and everything else that's delivering that for zero under the bonnet, is effectively obsolete, really. And zero have got this big challenge, like a lot of other cloud providers in the world have in terms of they've got to keep their apps running on the best and latest technology. That means that at some point, some of these older features are going to have to be removed and retired in order to make space for new features and things that we'll look forward to in the future. It can be a frustrating experience from a user point of view, and, and it's going to be frustrating for some of us. But hopefully the longer term benefits are such that we'll have an improved experience and everything else. And that sits in the, the context of obviously there have been things that Zero have been doing probably over the last 12 months where we've found that the product hasn't been as robust as we thought. And it's a little bit like, I don't know, it's a bit like rewiring an old house, isn't it? When you pull a plug out of one socket and the lights turn on in another room or something bonkers like that. I think that's what Zero started to experience with this legacy now of a product that is more than 10 years old and they're having to almost rebuild it from the inside out.
2: Are we saying that the old reports are like an incandescent bulb and you've got LEDs and <laughs> the new ones? Is that is that the metaphor we're going for, <laughs> we'll, we'll take that. Is that an Edison <laughs> screw? <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, so some other releases from Zero. they brought back the ability to bulk merge contacts, I didn't know they'd removed it, to be fair. but It's oh. good that it's back. I think that was because everyone was up in arms about the fact that it was a pain they asked to now go through and do it over and over again. They've brought edit fields in for an invoice once it's paid on the new invoicing. That was all already there on the old invoicing. It's something they hadn't brought in with a new one. Same with invoice reminders and now they're with a the new invoicing. They're updating global search, which I think is needed. That goes back to what you were saying, John, about the old engine. It just was not coping on that old search functionality. Mm-hmm. You've got the ability to attach files to inventory items. Maybe the first step towards uh, what we're talking about with inventory and locate for the zero. And an interesting one here for me is the ability to create a bill or an invoice when completing your VAT return, just like you could do in QuickBooks. It's an interesting that they brought this out. I think this is because... It's a pain to reconcile if you haven't got this, where it reconciles a transaction way out of your VAT account into your debtors or creditors account so you can see what needs to be paid or what needs to be received. It was Always in there in the QuickBooks tools was actually quite helpful. Not always good at year end when you're trying to work out what's going on, especially with people that hadn't used QuickBooks before, but it's quite a good tool for just rounding that reconciliation process. A couple of other uh, quick small bits. They've improved the zero status page to make it a lot easier to navigate and uh, based on localization. If it's anything UK related, you'll be able to see if there's a problem. This is probably just because of the scale that Zero has grown into the status page. Not many people were looking at it. I still don't think many people are aware it's there, and it is quite powerful to work out if something's going on. And they've also released start and end times for the Zero Me app for employees, which is really just an aid for timesheets. I'd say that's the closest thing I've seen to a proper release from the Zero Payroll side for a long time. Loosely linked, I'd say, but come on, if this is the start of Zero Payroll being developed more, that can only be a good thing.
1: Yeah, you know, one can only hope that it it becomes much improved. But uh, we shall see. We shall see. And in slightly left field news, or maybe not left field. Maybe this is just the continuation of accountancy firms leeching into the app space. We've had we've had notice from the guys at Flinder. That's a lowercase f, just in case you're not sure. They're about to release out into the wild their data analytics and reporting platform. This is initially going to be for the end users, but with a potential for accountants to get on board. For anyone who's not familiar with Alistair Barlow and Luke, who run Flinder. Both of those guys are, are ex-PWC. You know, have made some big waves in the, in the accounting market in terms of the way that they approach the type of work and service delivery that they, they provide to clients. And, and one of those has been to have a real tech-first focus and provide these dashboards to their clients. And they've got multiple integrations. So they've got integrations with Zero, QBO, Shopify, Unleashed, Pipedrive, HubSpot, Stripe, Simpro, Chargebee, Salesforce, and others. It's a really powerful platform in terms of Giving them the ability to draw down information from multiple sources and then be able to present that to businesses and for the types of businesses they target, these high growth sort of SaaS businesses, clearly you know data is really important and the interpretation of that data is really important. Really interesting, exciting news to see from these guys. I'm I'm really pleased for them and looking at their page, which sets out the fees, I was very impressed.
2: Yeah, I get that. Well, from looking at the fees, I saw I think that's not just the app. Maybe it's just the app, but Always been very impressed with what they've built. And the, the level of integrations there are very impressive. Can't wait to see more as more information comes out into the, the wider realm. Yeah, super exciting news. And then we've got some updates
1: from Sage Intact, which is always good to see. I'm a big fan of Sage Intact. I think it's a good quality product. We've said before as well. Definitely sits in that space above the, the zero QuickBooks ecosystem world. It's for those businesses that are scaling up. Got very much US origins before Sage bought it and now you know, very much part of the Sage ecosystem. The functionality that they've announced is they've brought in the ability to do recurring and sort of subscription type billing, so SaaS type billing, but within the product, removing the need for third-party solutions. It's going to be quite interesting because there were a few third-party solutions in the intact ecosystem that maybe now find themselves no longer required, but they've brought that in. And then the other one, which did make me laugh a little bit, was that they're in their press release, they talked about the fact that there's a need in the real estate industry for a cloud-based accounting solution with property management functionality. Well... Is there really? There might be in the U.S., but there's been solutions in the U.K. market for bloody years. So come on, Sage, stop taking the piss. Anyway, it's good to see that they've done this. They're using a product called Timberline, uh, which has been around in the U.S. market from, from the real estate management side of things for donkey's years. And then they have bolted that into uh, Sage and Tactical to give you Sage and Tactical real estate. Uh, how applicable that will be in the U.K. market, whether that's translatable to the U.K. market. Uh, it'll be interesting to see that for UK businesses that are maybe wanting to consider this, there are plenty of options here for our UK market, both in the Zero and QuickBooks ecosystem, as well as obviously for landlords with all the MTD for and so stuff coming down the track. There's plenty happening in this world. It's going to be interesting. This new solution promises to remove manual data entry. Not a problem' already done that. It t- h- helps to save you time and reduce errors. That's still not a problem. We're already doing that. And it helps to give you improved visibility of lease agreements and flexibility to accommodate growing range of complex terms and sublease agreements. Well, that's fine. We can already do that in the UK too. So good to see
2: the US market catching up with the rest of the world. You're sounding as cynical as I am, John. This is I'm obviously rubbing off on you. Admittedly, the space that they're playing at, you're looking at released over in the UK. That's, that's kind of the big competitor. Yeah. Um, and the they ones- have a presence
1: in the US as well.
2: Obviously, Sage intact to try and now go down the industry or sector focus to make it not just a generic platform. Still, good to always see things coming out. Quick one from Free Agent. We've got multi category bills now live. Now, multi category was a complex term for basically line items on a bill. You can allocate different lines to different nominal accounts and VAT codes just as you can in most other software. Main thing is that Free Agent is still developing and developing at speed. We keep, we basically are talking about them on every app news because they keep releasing stuff. So, good on you, Free Agent.
1: Excellent. And then a quick one from NetSuite, they've launched one probably main new inventory management tool, which is around accounts. They've announced this product called NetSuite Smart Count, and that is all about helping to automate inventory counting and the whole stock taking process, just a time saving device. And it allows you to do counts as live for e-commerce businesses, for those kind of 3PL businesses where maybe your stock's constantly moving and actually doing that stock take process at a time when nothing's moving and everything's frozen in time, which is normally what sort of Christmas, New Year, generally for the UK market. This does enable you to be able to do a stock count as if it had happened before sales continued to move or before an influx of orders continued to come in. It's a clever, smart little tool. It looks really interesting. It'd be very interesting to see how that looks and plays out for auditors as well, because as auditors, which I am still one just about, stop taking still critical part of what we do and, and having a level of control over that process is, is going to be of interest. Interesting to
2: see how this is implemented. Definitely, the audit trial needs to be quite powerful in that tool. It looked interesting, but the scepticism for the auditor from my past uh, comes back to say, is this actually traceable? We've got a release from Citrus HR. Uh, for those of you uh, who may not have come across Citrus HR, this is a powerful HR tool, rather than the small end, the small employer end, and um, that has payroll uh, integrated into it. That integrates it then into the likes of Zero Equivalents Online, etc. Citrus HR have now partnered with Pension Sync, so that all of your pension submissions will go straight across when you're running your payroll good little tool this citrus HR with its payroll side and having one platform especially from a GDPR perspective where you've got all your employee information is definitely something to consider if you've not talked to citrus HR I would definitely reach out to them it's worth a chat
1: exciting times and coming back to the UK market, or maybe it's got a bit more of an international slant actually, is that Stripe and Revolut have announced their partnership together, which is really aimed, I think, from, from reading between the lines at helping Revolut to expand into more of its international territories. We've seen that they're soon about to launch in Mexico and Brazil, and it sounds like they're going to use the Stripe infrastructure of payments to enable that, because obviously they're deeply embedded into the UK, European banking market, but probably less so on the on the international side. Interesting tie-up. It doesn't, it doesn't really seem to indicate if there's anything else for customers in there in terms of any of the functionality and stuff. But other than from a local point of view, you'd be able to pay and use your local currencies, which is kind of a fairly standard thing. You wouldn't expect UK customers to buy and sell in dollars. So why would you expect someone in Brazil or Mexico to, to do the
2: same? Definitely. And then quick one from keypay They have now integrated into Staffed, or Staffed is integrated into keypay And Staffed is a paperless application Onboarding an e-learning platform. So not quite HR, but all about getting those employees on the platform. Now KeePay has been doing a lot with the integrations recently. They were bought by Employment Hero, which is a HR tool, deep integrations there. They've become the first open banking payroll payment platform via their integrations into comma. That was hard to say. If you we've talked about it before many times, but if you've got those pain points in making payments for your employees, definitely check out this pay with comma. Feature that's inside KeyPay. So, lots going on with KeyPay, lots building. And as we know, they are the powerhouse for lots of white labeled payroll software out there. Quick one from Comma is that they have now got bulk payments live for both Lloyd's and the Barclays corporate account. They keep building out and keep driving forward, leading the way with open banking integrations. Love what Comma are doing. Let's hope they can drag all the banks up to be as, as good as what they're striving to produce.
1: Yeah, it's great news. And we know from our own client base that Lloyds and Barclays seem to be quite big in the space for us. And it's good to know that this is not a thing that's reliant on Comma. It's reliant on the banks to get up to speed to enable bulk payments because that's not switched on automatically through the current open banking payment rules. And again, we touched on this on one of the deep dives that we did with the Comma team a good few episodes back. So nice to see that Lloyds and Barclays are finally getting into the 21st century when it comes to their technology and their payments infrastructure. So good, good stuff. And last but not least, we have a quick announcement from the team at Cresco. Really great to see that they now have the ability to take international payments. You can take payments now, not just in sterling, but in euros, and dollars, whatever you want. And they've got low FX exchange rates in there, as well as the usual service that we've come to expect from the Cresco team. So this is a, a great little update. And I did actually see a very early release of this at a Digital Accountancy Show, Good a few months ago, this has been in the pipeline for a while, but it's nice to see that they've finally got it out of there and made the announcement. So good on the team there. Great to see. And I look forward to using
2: it with some of my clients. Another step in their world domination of payments. If you're not working with or you're not talking to them, reach out because they enable free payments in the UK and they've got low exchange rates everywhere else now. So definitely worth a chat. Hi, Indy. Indy has decided... Hi, John. Decided and he's decided to join our podcast from from Mexico.
3: Mexico. Yeah, I have joined. I am so surprised that you sent everything while I was asleep and then said, oh, you're not on the podcast this morning.
2: This was your idea. in the last chat you we said, had, you said, yeah, let's do atmos yeah. Either free. side,
3: yeah. either side. You never confirmed it. Even last night, John, Ryan texted me and didn't say, OK, so we're chatting in the morning. I didn't receive anything. So I was like, come on a second. And I looked through and I was, all of the messages had been sent while I was asleep.
1: Well, no,
2: the, you the, go
1: on holiday and choose to do these things. We have three minutes, two minutes now before the next next one starts. Yeah, so, Shall we wrap this up and then you can whinge in a minute?
2: Yeah, sounds good.
3: Now, thanks for joining us. Live from Mexico, we have managed to get you an app news. Thanks to the guys for making sure that they covered my back because obviously I was... Fast asleep, Mexican time. Hopefully, you found it useful, and you also managed to catch set zero after zero. There was a lot of um, news to get. Please do keep sharing your feedback with us. We love it, good or bad, and we will happily give you a shout out on the podcast. And thanks to those who have decided to start emailing us their updates in the digital's email address, because that makes it a lot easier for us to sift through all of the noise that is out there. So, if you have some interesting news, feel free to send it to us, and we'll see if we can. Include it in the next happenings. Take care, and we'll catch you on the next one.